The Jim Davis Show on Colorado's sports leader, the team. Joining us, Jim and Cake today. Cake in for the Buckeye boy the rest of the week, who's sunning himself in beautiful St. Martin's. I'm just kind of wondering how many times Karen's had like poke him with a stick. Like, you okay? Right. You okay? Just make sure. Hey, I'm fine, honey. No, I, I, I'm sure. Has that happened a time or two? Yeah. Possibly. I'm sure he's being very responsible. Are you? I couldn't even say that. Are you are, you? are you? Are you? Are you? You really saying that? You're saying that with a straight face. You you heard me giggle when I was. I can't. No, I'm. I'm sure he's. I'm sure he's having a great time. I'm sure he is too. I'm sure that he's being very well behaved. You know that he's the the model of. Uh, of decorum, of being a gentleman. I'm going to drink a lot of beer and stay out all night. Okay, in his case, rum and cola, not not beer. But yeah, because this, you know, for him. Yeah. No, no, beer bring pain. No, he doesn't. Yeah, he doesn't. He's he doesn't, not. He's not the beer guy. He's not a beer guy. He's not a beer guy. All right, eight oh two. So, uh, got some thoughts about uh, what's grinding your gears today. On a one about a Wednesday. Well, why don't you cry about it? I got so many drops. Can I play in thirty seconds? I don't know. I like it. I to push the limit there a little bit. See your thoughts about Todd Helton not getting in. In fact, there's eight people, baseball writers, that chose not to vote at all for their stupid reason. Why I don't want Alex Rodriguez going. I don't think any of these guys should go in. Gary Sheffield, no. I don't think Tory Hunter's good enough, no. I don't think Todd Helton's good enough either. No. no. It's very John Mulaney-ish. Now. <laughs> I do want to take a moment, though. A moment. To wish my lovely daughter, Rachel, a happy birthday today. Happy birthday, Rachel. She's 31 today. She works part-time here at the radio station. She so pops in every now and then. Yeah. It's not just, not just my daughter, but nepotism reigns supreme. <laughs> She's also a colleague as well. Just a little bit. Just a little bit. It's okay. By the way, this hour brought to you by Preston Lee at Country Financial. He believes in building relationships, supporting the community, and serving others. Have a chat and let him help you protect the things that are important to you. Google him at Preston Lee, Preston Lee at Country Financial. All right. So thoughts on Todd Help not getting in. Came up short. A little over 72%. Well, at 72.2% of the vote. Scott Rowland did get in. We'll talk more about it uh, later on this morning. But uh, disappointing if you're a Rockies fan. But the good news is that since 1946, those that have reached that 72% threshold, got to get 75 to get in. Right. The next year they get in. So that does bode well for uh, the Todd father. It bodes well, but let's remember too, and and again, this this is pessimist Rockies fan Tyler talking. Just because it's been a trend since the end of World War II, 
doesn't necessarily mean it's going to continue because these are the Rockies we're talking about. It's very well, this could be a situation where next year's ballot, let's say he gets 73%, and then what do you do? And this time, instead of missing by 11 votes, he misses it by like eight, which just so happens to be the number of people that just turned in a blank ballot. I just want to think... That it's going to be a case of enough people go, okay, he got 72% last year, 72.2, whatever, that he should be in. Right. And they'll, let's just put him in the Hall of Fame. Scott Rowland, by the way, the only one that got in. And he just got over. I mean, it's like 76.8 or 3. It I forgot was close. The, I mean, he just barely got over 76.3. And I was hearing that. He didn't start out with, like, a lot of votes. When this process began, he was at, like, maybe 10%. His first year of eligibility, Roland was at 10.2%. And how many years ago was that? It was uh, 2018 was his first year of eligibility. But kind of like Todd Helton, though, he's quickly built a coalition of support throughout his candidacy to get into the Hall of Fame. 97 National League Rookie of the Year. Remember the Cards team that won the 2006 World Series? Right. Ranks fifth in wins above replacement among career third basemen, according to baseball reference. But then there's plenty of things for for Todd Helton that you can go, with Scott Rowland, yeah, that's great. Those are impressive things. But, but in the case of Todd Helton, certainly there are numbers you go, all right, that for Helton... You look at you know some of the things that he's been able to do over the course of his career, as far as just you know, Fangraphs dot com for example, in Helton's final twelve seasons in a Rockies uniform, he produced a weighted runs created plus season WRC plus. So we dig more into the analytics. One hundred is average, so one twenty five is twenty five percent better than his peers seven different times. We talked about how the numbers, ballpark-adjusted numbers. Right. Using Citizens Bank in Philadelphia, Great American in Cincinnati, and how that's always worked against him. The Well, it's the altitude. He plays at Coors Field. Ball carries farther. Blah, 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 blah. That he only had one more home run and four more hits in those adjusted numbers with those two parks as you know, part of the, the analysis of his numbers. And for Todd Helton, just, you know, over the course of time that um, his numbers are are up there with some of the, the very best that have played first base in the history of the game. And so he's, I think he's going to get in. I feel like, he, I said yesterday, I didn't think it would be yesterday. I thought he'd come up short. That's what happened. I wish I was wrong. I'd love to be eating crow today. Right. But I think next year, will be the year for Todd Helton. So if you got some thoughts on that today, text or call us 970-242-1340. Uh, let's see. We got can't a text in. Can, this is from Tim. Good morning, Tim. Can't stand hypocrites and people that deliver bad news by text. I yeah. agree. If I if I got to tell somebody something bad, I will, I'd want to hear from them. I will try to call them and tell them. And if I try to call you and tell you and you don't answer... Then I'll text, say, hey, I, I tried to call you. I need to let you know this. This is really important. Right. 
whatever whatever the bad news is. But now, you should always, I, Tim, I totally agree, should always try to deliver the bad news with at least a, at least a phone call. In person, preferably. Now, as someone who is, you know, a 20-something millennial, whenever I do get a phone call, I almost know right away it's going to be bad news to a certain degree, right? So, like, if my mom called me right now, I'm going to assume something bad's happened. Now, I don't want to necessarily, I don't want to necessarily, like, I love talking to my mom. Love talking to the folks, checking in every now and then, saying, hey, what's up? How are the dogs? But I'm usually the one that calls them first. Right. If they're calling me, uh uh-oh. Not good. Brace yourself. Something bad has happened. All right, it's time to go around the NFL this morning. And so far, there's five head coaching vacancies. Five. You know how many have been filled? None. None of them. None of them. I had to think about it for a second. I'm like, I don't think any of them have been filled yet. And one of them, of course, is right here in the Centennial State with the Denver Broncos. Four hours away. Yeah, so according to Pro Football Talk and Mike Florio today, there's a feeling from some that cover the Broncos, and we'll ask Cody Rourke about this coming up in a little bit. We could find out something maybe even today about the Broncos' head coaching position Mm -hmm. that uh, according to all reports they were very impressed with 49ers defensive coordinator D'Amico Ryans who cannot be hired by anyone until the Niners season comes to an end could be this weekend could be after the Super Bowl David Shaw former Stanford head coach is also according to Florio and others and I've seen others report this has become a very strong candidate for the job he's never coached in the NFL as a head coach but is spent time as an assistant coach after 12 years at Stanford. So the Cowboys defensive coordinator, Dan Quinn, interviewed for the job. And there's a good likelihood that he'd bring Daryl Bevel with him, guy that had great success with Russell Wilson when they were in Seattle together. Mm. Going back to David Shaw, the ties to Condoleezza Rice, limited partner of the Broncos, that uh, when Shaw was at Stanford, she helped Shaw with recruiting, something she also helped Jim Harbaugh with as well. And that Mike Kliss of Nine News, the Broncos' unofficial mouthpiece, he said that Shaw's a sleeper for the job. And so the feeling is, at least according to the Florio piece, don't overlook the Condoleezza Rice relationship with, with David Shaw. Right. She knows him. There's familiarity there. She could sell him to Greg Penner and Rob Walton. And that that's a possibility that that she, they may lean on her knowledge of David Shaw, and that could be the thing that ultimately makes the decision here. Does it? I don't know. Today seems a little quick. Because they're interviewing Sean Payton again today. According to reports, they're they're talking to him again today. And I believe he had an interview with Arizona the other day. Right, they kind of hung things up a little bit. Yeah. I, I kind of wonder if it's going to be this. So it's just theory on my part. All right. They still want Sean Payton. They say to Sean Payton, you're the guy. 
What's it going to take? Are we going to get the, the Saints? Is that compensation going to be fair? And today's kind of the day where they go, this is the day we have to pull this together. Mm-hmm. And if we can't pull it together today, Shaw, Quinn, one of those two guys immediately becomes D'Amico Ryans. Though, here you go again. This would be your fourth straight, first time NFL head coach. Even if it's David Shaw, who at least has college coaching experience, he's still going to be a first time NFL head coach. Right. According to all reports, D'Amico Ryans kind of checks the boxes in terms of being the CEO kind of head coach, plus what he's obviously done with the Niners defense. And one of the things that I've read about why the Broncos are impressed with D'Amico Ryans, Kyle Shanahan has rubbed off on him a lot. Mm-hmm. And I guess if he didn't, you screwed up and didn't hire the original, hire the guy that's been, hire the, if you can't hire the Jedi, hire the pad one, right? Right. <laughs> and that would be D'Amico Ryans, a guy that's been around Kyle Shanahan, been very influenced by Kyle Shanahan and his coaching style. And that D'Amico Ryans, because of that connection, is somewhat intriguing to the Broncos. I just don't think it's going to happen today. I could be wrong. It just seems like today seems quick. I also thought Monday was really quick, too, when we talked with Cody Rourke last week that, yeah, we could know something Monday. It's like, well, really? They're going to make, they're not going to have second round of interviews, which they're supposedly going to do that. Right. We keep hearing that. But if they decide today, that means what they've talked to Sean Payton, maybe today, and that's it. And we don't know specifically if they're talking to him today. I read could be today, could be tomorrow. We'll get Cody's thoughts on this coming up in a little bit. On, on and, Are we going to find out something today? But there certainly seems to be, according to reports, a lot of traction being gained by D'Amico Ryans and David Shaw. And I'm trying to find, I, I can't remember if it was Ryan Edwards, Brandon Tristall, Benjamin Albright, somebody in that circle of Broncos insiders that said something to the degree of that the Sean Payton sweepstakes, if you will, might actually, we might be overhyping it a little bit. Right. That, that there's a very real possibility that he looks at the open jobs available and either the teams are like, thanks, but no thanks. And if the only team that's really interested in him and that he's even slightly interested in would be the Broncos job, there is a a chance, a slim chance that he just says, actually, I think I want to go back to Fox and go back to TV and see what happens next year. And, there's not the weight of after because what after this season, this contract I think it ends in 2024. So that, there you go. There wouldn't be the weight of okay, I've got to get having to make a trade. It, I, I've I've got to you know work through the Saints and even though Mickey Lewis and him are still bros, I don't have to you know, deal with that anymore. I can go where I want. Expires after the 2024 season. So. It's, two more years so it's beyond just this season it's the 2024 season and And who knows what jobs will be available in 2024 he just he just might go you know what 
I'm not this this group of jobs right now doesn't really do much for me. Whether it's a total rebuild gut job in Houston or working with limited resources from from a draft capital standpoint in Denver, Carolina might be intriguing to him possibly, but Sean Payton could very well just go. Nah, I think I'm good. I like the TV gig. It works for me. And I'll wait. He's 58. You know, he'd be 60-ish. Right. It's not like that's ancient. There'd still there'd still be demand for Sean Payton. There would. And there's always going to be job openings. And there might be... And it doesn't exclude him from after this coming up season go, okay, hey, maybe the Chargers get tired of Brandon Staley. It's another year where they get to the playoffs, they lose a game, they shouldn't have lost, and Payton goes... Chargers make a lot of sense to me. Still got a really young quarterback. Still got a team that that I think is capable of becoming maybe a, a Super Bowl contender, even playing in the AFC West. He might re-examine everything. Russell Wilson may want Sean Payton. The Broncos may want Sean Payton. I don't know if they're if he's that into them. It's this game of will they, won't they, that's playing out in the public in the public eye. And I think I don't know if you already referenced it or not, but when you said Russell Wilson may want Sean Payton, that I believe is coming from Colin Cowherd. Right. We I actually read another source that said that he that that Russ really wants to work with Sean Payton, and that he would be the guy that that Russ he's the guy that Russ really hopes. But then. If you're Russ, you have to know the lay of the land. You have to know that there's no guarantee that it's going to be Sean Payton. Right. And does Dan Quinn with Daryl Bevel make more sense? Two guys that he knows really well. I think the the D'Amico Ryans thing is interesting. That the, the connection to Kyle Shanahan seems to be, at least according to reports, something the Broncos are putting a lot of stock in. Because you might be saying, well, what about Ajiro Vero? What about him? He's young, he's young, bright guy. Right. Who's been around some really good defensive minds, like Vic Fangio. But he also, his first time as a DC, being on a staff as a DC, he was around Nathaniel Hackett. Not that Nathaniel Hackett has totally ruined the mindset of Ajiro Vero. Right. But there seems to be a sense of hey, that San Francisco connection makes a lot of sense with D'Amico Ryans, even though he's never been a head coach. Don't be shocked to see if it's David Shaw. Wouldn't, would not shock me at all. I don't, I look, right now, I don't even know, I don't know how to handicap it. I really don't. I don't either. Well, I, I don't, because Sean Payton, to me, always seemed like, eh, he was the reach of the bunch. Because Sean Payton could sit back and go, ah, I don't, eh, I'm not that interested. I'm not... And and I'm and and I can I can just pass and I can go do Fox another year and I can wait and see what happens. I don't have to be in a big hurry here. And I keep seeing stuff that's conflicting. You know, the the one that keeps kind of popping up is that we heard. Well, he's going to meet Wednesday, and then I hear actually he doesn't even have an in person interview scheduled yet. We've heard conflicting things. Going to meet with him today. Going to meet with him tomorrow. There's or one that's case, not or not at all. There's one here that says he's going to meet with Arizona Thursday. Yeah. 
like just the not knowing and the this wishy-washy you know this detail that detail this leak that leak sources say this actually the sources say this well my source says this it's this really bizarre game of cat and mouse that we here in Broncos country are being sort of suckered into chasing because we want, I mean, you know, let's face it. We want an experienced, capable head coach, this team that can number one, fix Russell Wilson and number two, get this team to the playoffs. 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 And is Sean Payton, that guy, does he fit that mold or is it a Dan Quinn or is it a, D'Amico Ryans. Is it a Shaw? You know. Well, we'll ask Cody Rourke. Mile High Sports Radio coming up. Let's ask Cody, him. Cody has his ear to the ground on uh, what's going on with the Broncos, so we'll talk with him coming up in a few minutes. Mentioned last hour, Associated Press, they released their list of MVP finalists. Not a big shock that Patrick Mahomes is on that list. What? The Chiefs quarterback. Cincinnati's Joe Burrow. Not huh? a shock. Philadelphia's Jalen Hurts, not a shock. What? Buffalo's Jai Shallon, not a surprise. And Minnesota's Justin Jefferson. So you're only non-quarterback of the group of the five finalists. And that one I think is a little bit of a long shot, but you know what? Thinking about it, that's a good that's a good non-QB choice for MVP this they year. Had a phenomenal season this year. So Mahomes led the league, career high. 5,250 yards passing, 41 touchdowns. Also, career best completion percentage, 67.1%. Joe Burrow, 68.3%, 4,475, 35 touchdowns, 12 picks. Jalen Hurts, when he was in the lineup, the Eagles went 14 and 1. 3,701 yards, 22 touchdowns, 6 picks. Rushed for 760 and 13 touchdowns. Josh Allen, 4,283, 35 touchdowns, 14 picks. But he also coughed it up 13 times with five lost fumbles this season. Not great. And then Justin Jefferson led the league in catches, 128, receiving yards, 1,809. At one point, it looked like he was going to break Calvin Johnson's single-season record, but it, it didn't quite happen. To me, boy, that's how, it's how much you have... You appreciate what Jalen Hurts did in the ground game, right? For Philadelphia, I tend to think it's probably Mahomes. Yeah, Prob- I think I, I probably rank it Mahomes, Burrow, Hurts, Jefferson, Allen. I think the question when it comes to MVP that gets asked a lot is, "Were you the best player on the best team?" And some would argue that the Eagles were the best team okay yeah was Jalen Hurts the best player on the best team the answer is I would say yes probably saw me I I if you if they gave it to him it wouldn't be something where I go all oh, that's that was terrible what that a was crock a, what a crock no he's he's certainly they were a different team when he played they're also a different team when he didn't play all right 823 time for the locker room prep pop quiz pop quiz hot shot all right, want a gift card to the locker room in Fruta. You can find them at 404 Jurassic Avenue in Fruta. Call them 970-639-8900. All right, the question today involves 
Southwestern League basketball, boys basketball. All right. Who is the leading scorer in the Southwestern League in boys basketball right now? Who leads the Southwestern League in scoring in boys basketball? I'll give you this much of a hint. He played last night. Hmm. First correct answer wins a gift card to the locker room in Fruta. It's our prep pop quiz. Who is the leading scorer in boys basketball right now in the Southwestern League? Text in your answer. If you won the last two weeks, send it out. Text it in to the Chick-fil-A Breakfast Team phone line, 970-242-1340. Mile High Sports Radio's Cody Rourke joins us next on The Jim Davis Show. Touchdown every morning. The Jim Davis Show on Colorado's sports leader, the team. Talking Broncos with Mile High Sports' Cody Rourke on The Jim Davis Show. Catch him afternoons on Mile High Sports Radio. Read his work at milehighsports.com. Cody Rourke with us. Good morning, Cody. How are you? I'm good, Jim. Just about to enjoy this morning cup of coffee. How are you doing? I'm doing fine. Doing fine, sir. So, Mike Florio, Pro Football Talk, has it on his site today that we could hear an answer. At least others are saying that we could hear an answer about the Broncos' job today. What the hell's going on here? Are they talking to Sean Payton again this week? Are they not talking to him? take us through this because I don't know who they're talking to, who they've already taken off the list. Provide some clarification, sir, if you can, on the Broncos coaching search. Yeah, they. Uh, to my knowledge, they have yet to schedule formal second-round interviews with any potential candidates that they deem as a finalist. Now, I mean, that could be the talk something they're looking to do, or... They need to be looking to make an outright hire, right? So initially, what did we find out on Monday? We found out from Jeff Duncan and NOLA.com that Sean Payton would be in Denver on Wednesday for an interview. And then, moments later, Ian Rappaport confirmed that. Then, 10 minutes after that, Rappaport and everybody in the national media kind of backtracked on it. And it seemed like Sean Payton's camp is the one who let that out of the bag. And the Broncos, I can tell you this, I've, people I've spoken to, like, you, nothing's coming out of Dub Valley. Can't get anything realistically outside of just vague answers like, this is true, this is not true. Um, and, and that's where we're at right now. We're like, what is going on? Like, they, they wrapped up interviews on Friday of last week with Dan Quinn to round out the final, you know, first round interviews with eight candidates. And they said that they would meet over the weekend. There would be, you know, some discussion about who the finalists would be, and then they would submit requests for the second interviews. And so far, we have heard nothing. It's Wednesday. And to me, I just, there's a lot going on where the Broncos want to keep things tight-lipped. I'm not exactly sure why, especially when you hear that Peyton's got a second interview with Arizona tomorrow. Uh, and you have other candidates that have second interviews. Dan Quinn having a second interview with the Cardinals as well. It's just at this point in time, you know, I even asked the question, is the Broncos' patience with this coaching search, could it potentially cost them their top candidate? And I'm hoping that's not the case. I'm hoping this is just, you know, radio silence behind the scenes and that they're actively working on something. Do you feel like it's David Shaw? Uh, I feel like it could be. I think he's the sleeper guy right now. I think he is one of those – I think he is one of the guys that probably – is in strong consideration. To be honest with you, Jim, I feel like the finalists are Sean Payton, D'Amico Ryan, and David Shaw. And obviously, like, 
They can't interview D'Amico Ryan until after the NFC Championship, so maybe that's why they're dragging this thing along a little bit. I, I mean, that's my only hunch as this, but yes, I do believe David Shaw is considered in the mix, which if you ask Broncos fans, they're not happy about that one bit. I I think that it's skewed a little bit. I think David Shaw's a tremendous coach, a tremendous leader. Everyone's going to look to the last four seasons at Stanford. As we all know, it's the Pac-12, the NIL, stuff like that. It's no like, like the game has changed. You know, and a team like Stanford, who is very strict enrollment requirements, especially on the academic side, you know, people expect them to compete with Alabama's, the, the Georgia's, the Ohio State's. Come on, man. Yeah, come on, man. That's Yeah, that's not going to happen at Stanford. And, and he knows that. And he's a guy that has coaching experience, not as a head coach in the league, but position coach. He's He's been he, he coached in the league for, what, nine, ten years, something like that. And, uh, you know, so he has experience coaching the NFL, maybe not as a head coach, but he knows the league. He's not, he's, you know, when, when you watch draft night, he's been involved in some of the draft coverage. I mean, he's a guy that knows the league. I, I think he'd be a really good hire personally, but you're right. Broncos country wants something sexy, something splashy. And David Shaw's not that kind of guy. It just almost seems like, though, you're right. It feels like they kind of know who they want, and there's no great urgency because if it's Sean Payton that goes someplace else, eh, that wasn't going to work out anyway. Dan Quinn, eh, that wasn't going to work out anyway. That's just kind of the vibe I'm getting right now. There's there's not a sense of urgency. Is there a lack of urgency because they pretty much know who they want? It's D'Amico Ryan's or it's David Shaw. Could be very possible there, or you know what, I Andrew Mason put this out there, but we've been talking about it on air the last couple of days too. I could see a situation where Denver's like, "All right, we didn't get our guy in this cycle. We're going to roll Jerry Rossford for the year, and it gives Azure ever a chance to get even more experience. And then it's kind of like a handshake agreement. Whenever Jerry's done, bam, Azure ever will step in as the team's next head coach. That's not out of the realm of possibility here." Cody Rourke, My Life Sports Radio, with us on the team today. Jerry Rosberg had that sit-down meeting with the Broncos, kind of exit interview kind of thing after the season ended. And he kind of turned into, I think, just his thoughts about what he would do with the team. And it seemed like it turned into somewhat an informal job pitch because that meeting lasted a lot longer than people thought it normally would. And and I could see that. I think there's, there's certainly... Obviously, I trust what you say. There's always credibility with what you say. But I could see where Jerry Rosberg could be that bridge guy to Jiro Vero, you know, mentoring him, and then it, it turns over to Jiro to, to take over this football team. That way you don't lose your your you know, future young head coach that you really like. You give him some seasoning, and boom, he's there ready to take over when Jerry Rosberg says, okay, I'm, I'm, I've done what I'm going to do here, and I'm ready to move on. Yeah. No, I think that's very valid there, too. And also, I think there would be a situation maybe where Jim Caldwell or David Shaw would be the offensive coordinator uh, in that situation. So I think anything and everything right now is on the table for the Broncos. I know fans are frustrated because they're hearing nothing. Nothing's coming out. Trust me, we're trying to get stuff, and we're not getting anything back. Um, it's going to be it's gonna be a wild process, Jim. You know, it's, it's to the point, you know, I'm waking up earlier than I normally do because last year, when they hired Hackett, they announced the hiring around like 5 a.m. So I'm like, I can't miss out on anything. So this whole uh, process, I cannot wait for it to be done so we can actually enjoy a little bit of a break and then get into free agency. Yeah, you can sleep in a little bit. Don't have to get the coffee pot going at, you know, 4.35 o'clock in the morning thinking there there might be some announcement. Now, D'Amico Ryan's, 
who, of course, they can't talk to until after the Super Bowl. They did interview him, obviously, last week, the San Francisco 49ers defensive coordinator. There's a lot of buzz about him, and it seems like a lot of the the connection to Kyle Shanahan, learning from Kyle Shanahan, has kind of influenced his his rise a little bit. Also the success in what he's done on the defensive side with the Niners. But that Kyle Shanahan connection seems to be casting a very positive uh, I guess, uh, I, I guess, a perspective of people about his candidacy to be a head coach. Yeah, you know, I would even say that he's probably the hottest head coaching name in this coaching cycle right now, right? That's not named Sean Payton. You know, while Sean Payton is the hot commodity, Sean Payton has the leverage to, to really essentially choose where he goes, and he's got his kind of pick of the litter, you know, amongst some teams. Whereas D'Amico Ryan's has to, you know, he'll be a first-time head coach. He has to prove that he's worth a team giving him a chance to be a first-time head coach. And so I think he's the hottest candidate in this cycle right now. And what he's been able to do, as we've seen with the defensive side, I mean, heck, he's got a player, Nick Bosa, nominated for one of the NFL's defensive player of the year. So we'll see how that voting process plays out, who wins it. I think it's him, to be honest with you. I think he should probably win that. Um, outside of that, though, you know, Ryan's has, has got tremendous leadership skills. And I, I remember one thing being floated out early before the head coaching search even began after they fired Hackett. They may, they will even look to somebody who has former NFL experience as a player. Uh, and so D'Amico Ryan's obviously checks that box, what he's been able to do, transforming that defense. I mean, I, I made the analogy, you know, Robert Salva had a very good defense in San Francisco. When he left, he left it to D'Amico Ryan's. D'Amico Ryan's has taken that defense and has made it even better, in my opinion. Same thing could be said with Vic Fangio. Vic Fangio had a really good defense here in Denver. When he left, Ajiro Evro came in and made the defense better than it was under Vic Fangio. So I think they're, uh, with the game evolving a little bit in these young minds, I honestly wouldn't be surprised to see a staff of D'Amico Ryan's, uh, you know, our offense coordinator, Jim Caldwell, and defensive coordinator, Ajiro Evro, unless he's offered a job. I know he's got a second interview coming up with the uh, Indianapolis Colts. He had a second interview with the Texans. And we'll see what kind of formulates through that. But um, yeah, I think I think there's so many interesting things going on right now at this search gym. It's crazy. It's like, what do we believe? Obviously, there were some crazy uh, crazy rumblings last night that turned out not to be true. That the Broncos haven't reached out for second interviews of candidates because Rob Walton's hunting. Like I, that is wild to think if that were true. But obviously, that has come out that is not accurate. That is not true. So. Uh, yeah, some uh, wild times here. Never ends, Jim. Rob Walton hunting for bargains at one of his own stores? What, hunting big game? I mean, he's got to be hunting for a head coach right now. That's the only hunting that should be going on for Rob Walton. Yeah, I mean, that's, that was the whole thought process that we had. Is like, wait a minute. Like, if he's actually on a hunting trip and they're, they're just waiting? Like, you can't wait. Like, what is going on? But obviously that has come out that that is not true. That is incorrect. So... Who knows? Who knows, Jim? I, you know, like I said, when you try to follow the breadcrumbs, it leads to you know some dead ends. But then there's more breadcrumbs on another area, and it's like, all right, you know, what what is there to believe at this point in time? Like I said, we're not Dove Valley. Nothing is coming out of the Broncos camp. Everything that's come out about Sean Payton and how things have gone with this search for the Broncos so far has come from Payton's camp, not from uh, Denver itself. All right, so. Maybe, possibly, this week, next week, who knows? We'll find out who the next coach of the Broncos is. Before we let you go today, Cody, uh, your predictions for this weekend, AFC, NFC Championship games. Who's playing in the Super Bowl? 
Mm, I like this. I'm going with the Bengals and the 49ers. I think that's going to be the Super Bowl matchup. That's the one I'm excited to see. I think Joe Burrow and the Bengals, they're playing really damn good football right now, offensively, defensively. And I, I think they got more firepower than I think the Chiefs will be able to handle, especially with a hobbled Mahomes. And then San Francisco versus the Eagles, that's, that's the game of the week. That's really, well, I mean, both these games are the game of the week. But that's the one that's intriguing. I really have no idea how that one will go. With the 49ers defense being as good as it is against Jalen Hurts and that high-octane Eagles offense, it's going to be a fun one. I'm excited. But, yeah, 49ers versus Bengals is my uh, Super Bowl pick. All right, I like that. I like that a lot. We'll have both games this Sunday on the Team Sports Network. Cody, grab another cup of coffee. Enjoy the rest of your day, and, and hopefully uh, you won't have too many more, more early mornings waiting to find out who the, the Broncos are going to hire. Take care, bud. Thanks, Jim. Go Tigers. All right. Cuddy Rourke from Mile High Sports Radio. Catch him weekday afternoons and also read his work at milehighsportsradio.com. Uh, we had a guest of Daniel Thomason for the uh, locker room uh, prep pop quiz. He is the second leading scorer in the Southwestern League. We did get a winner, by the way. Oh, we did. Okay. We did, very, yes. well, very good. And now, ladies and gentlemen, the winner of the contest. It's another winner on the Team Sports Network. Tim correctly identifying Montrose's Caleb Ferguson as the leading scorer in the SWL. 16.9 points per game at 16 last night. Fruta gets the win, though, over the Red Hawks last night. All right, 8.40. We'll try to work in four-down territory back half of this hour, but we need to take a break because the voice of the avalanche, Connor McGahee, joins us next on The Jim Davis Show. Who do I listen to? The Jim Davis Show on Colorado's sports leader. Whoever suggested that has got to be smoking crack and plenty of it. The team. Talking avalanche hockey with the voice of the abs, Connor McGahey on the team. With us on the Chick-fil-A breakfast team phone line, radio voice of the avalanche, Connor McGahey. Con, how you doing this morning? Doing all right, Jimmy. How are you? I'm doing well, sir. Thanks for inquiring about my well-being. I appreciate that. I do care. Oh, I do care. Well, right back at you, buddy. I care, too. <laughs> and, and I like the fact that your job is getting a whole lot easier and a whole lot more enjoyable <laughs> like it was last year with the way this team is playing right now. Great win last night over Washington. May not have always been perfect last night, but it's a couple of huge accomplishments last night. 700th point for Nathan McKinnon. Uh, nobody in his draft class is anywhere close to that. Also, the franchise record for wins for a coach for Jared Bednar, passing Michelle Bergeron last night, win number 266. Big night for the Avalanche in that win against the Capitals. Yeah, and uh, for those who like things that are aesthetically pleasing, nice round numbers, last night was the night for you. Uh, 700 games played in the Avalanche sweater for Eric Johnson, uh, 500 regular season games coach. Uh, by Jared Bednar, in which he becomes the all-time winningest coach in franchise history, and Nathan McKinnon, 700 points. So, uh, nice round. And it's, it's, it's funny to me how we see it happen all the time. For, for whatever reason, uh, big numbers seem to happen, uh, and multiple occasions inside the same game. We've seen that a couple times this year in the National Hockey League. So, uh, big night for the Avalanche. Like Jared Bednar said, post-game, they didn't play their best. But uh, it was sort of the opposite of what happened maybe about a month ago, where they thought they deserved better and didn't get the win. And uh, that's how the pendulum swings in professional hockey. So 
Um, Alex Newhook, a beautiful goal to get uh, the game winner, and, uh, and and that's the type of Alex Newhook uh, I think that we've been expecting, and maybe he's starting to come on now a little bit. Four goals to assist uh, and uh, in his last six, and so he's he's starting to crank it up a bit, and and this is uh, this is where the Avalanche want to be. Uh, Buffalo beat St. Louis last night. Tampa beats Minnesota. So, so the Avalanche leapfrog into the third spot in the Central. So um, I like to think it's fun no matter what. But as Mark Crawford said once upon a time, it's always more fun when you win. And Mark Crawford was spot on with that. It's, it's a lot more fun when you win. Arturi Lekkinen, Andrew Cogliano, Alex Newhook scoring the goals last night. And from you know, we've talked about Newhook and you know, the benching earlier in the season, all those things. It just seems like that Alex Newhook has fa- has definitely found his groove after that benching, you know, weeks and weeks and weeks ago. Yeah, and and you never know what uh, what makes any of us click with with whatever we're trying to do. Um, everyone's motivated differently, um, but most time, more often than not, we've said this quote uh, numerous times on these appearances. Bill Murray said, "The more relaxed you are, the better you are at everything." And maybe that's the case uh, for for Newhook is, is he's combining hard work with kind of uh, ungripping the stick a little bit, and I think that's paid off for him. But honestly, that that goal that he scored last night um, to power around a defenseman like that and then get a shot off with perfect placement it is not easy to do. But he made it look easy. Let's go back to McKinnon for just a moment, Connor, because he becomes the first player of the 2013. NHL draft class, and he plays with one of those guys, Val, Val Nichushkin, that uh, to reach 700 points. Nobody from that class is even at 600 yet. <laughs> I mean, I mean that's like lapping the field. I mean, it's 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 yep. just insane how good McKinnon is, and how and there's there's good players obviously in that that draft class of 2013, but he clearly is the 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 creme de la creme of that class. Yeah, and he, I mean, there has been 246 players in NHL history who have gotten to 700 points, but he's only the 51st to average a point per game in in those 700 points. Um, one of the points per game leaders in the NHL this year. Uh, one of the fastest to 700 points among active players. I mean, you're talking about the the usual suspects on that list with Connor McDavid's, et cetera, et cetera. Etc. And so Nathan McKinnon, um, I mean, it, it, it seems like every night he's got at least one, if not two. And that's just how he operates. And somehow he does it, or usually most of the time, he, he does it quietly, if you can believe that. And then all of a sudden he'll break through with a, with a play that will blow your mind, and then he goes back to playing simple and, and setting somebody up for a power play goal. I mean, it was the extra effort that, that made that Lekkonen goal happen last night down to his belly he took the hit from Orlov and it was a second ditch effort that that freed up uh, Lekkonen for the opening goal of the game so um, nobody competes harder than Nathan McKinnon I don't think anybody wants to win more than Nathan McKinnon so um, he'll shrug this off I guarantee you this doesn't mean really anything to him um, this is just uh, the ways to get to another Stanley Cup if the Avalanche can't Abs ready to voice Connor McGahee with us today on the Team Sports Network. Alexander Georgiev last night, a phenomenal game, 37 saves last night. 
Uh, six straight win for the Avalanche, even though they were outshot by by twelve last night. Uh, Georgiev, he was he was pretty special last night for Colorado. Yeah, now it's two wins on the year. He's won straight, excuse me, three straight uh, versus the Caps. Uh, when he started with the New York Rangers, wasn't great against them, um, but he had the thirty-two save shutout in Washington back in November, and now the Avalanche beat the Caps on home ice, if you can believe it, for the first time in in uh, six years. Uh, for whatever reason, the Caps love playing at Ball Arena. Um, but Georgiev uh, had to make simple saves, and those of the spectacular variety, the last one. And I didn't realize it till late. Um, and really till afterwards, I was talking to Mark Rycroft in, in the hall um, between the booths, and he said, did you see Georgiev make that save with his mask right in between the eyes? And I didn't realize it till the end, but he did. So... Um, that's quite the exclamation point on a on a great night where, frankly, um, and sometimes you need your goalie to do that. Not all the time, but sometimes you need your, your goaltender to win you one, and he sure did that uh, last night for the Avalanche. As he continues his uh, career high in wins. 18 was that mark for him. He's now at 19 on the season. Yeah, sometimes you got to wear one off the mask. <laughs> he, did, he did that last night. He certainly yep. had a remarkable performance. Of course, uh, it was the turn of Darcy Kemper to Ball Arena. Of course, helped uh, get the Avalanche to the Stanley Cup and win a cup. Uh, now the goalie for the Washington Capitals. So uh, Kemper back in the arena last night. Yep, and I got to see him as I was walking out. I, I'd seen Nicholas Obey-Kubel uh, a couple times earlier in the day, and then I saw Darcy at the very end, and uh, said hi and just always happy for him and there was a there was a uh, a young girl probably just about 10 years old and she was in the back there and had the your Kemper Avalanche jersey laid out and and he walked right by and with a big smile as he has went over and signed it so great human Darcy Kemper he was only with the Avalanche for a season but it was um, a season we'll all remember and and when you're Around for a year like that, it feels like you've been around for longer. And uh, I think that's maybe how he feels and and uh, the camaraderie and the friendship that he were able to, to see at Morning Skate yesterday and, and when the Avalanche visited Washington back in November. Um, sometimes uh, just, you know, part of the protocol where people go through and wave high and it's sort of all you get. But with Darcy Kemper, it... It felt like a little bit more. Um, great human being, and uh, I was sad to see him go, but he, he earned his uh, his new contract with Washington. And I think it's worked out for both parties, certainly yeah, with the way sure that Georgiev has played. You said you saw Kubal last night. Did, did you say, how's it going, Butterfingers? <laughs> well, it he does have a tattoo of the Stanley Cup um, on his person, and on the Stanley Cup is the dent. So... Uh, <laughs> So he, he owns it better it. than anybody else. Yep. <laughs> that's fantastic. He's leaned into the whole idea of dropping the cup. That's yep. that's good. Yep. That's good. He just and, and that's what when something like that happens to you, you just have to lean in uh with all you got and uh, and own it. And he's done that beautifully. He's uh he's the character of that one. Connor McGahey, radio voice of the Avalanche with us today on the Team Sports Network. Uh, Connor to wrap it up here it is a wine about a Wednesday with Talon Wine. Is there anything Grinding the gears of Connor McGahey today that you need to to get off your chest. I'm here and I'm listening, Connor. <laughs> Frazier, is that you? <laughs> um, uh, I don't. I feel good. I'm trying to complain less is what I'm trying to do. I have nothing to complain about. 
bad. So I'm gonna, I'm gonna do that. I'm gonna say, you know what, life is life is beautiful. It's a wonderful life. Full James Stewart uh, on you and uh, Clarence. Uh, and, Cla- uh, Clar- Clarence. Clarence. Atta boy, Clarence. Clarence. And uh, no, life is a, it's a wonderful life. So nothing to whine about. Uh, see my, my colleague Cake today. I tried to get him to he had something to gripe about. I didn't bite. And he's doing he's doing your whole thing, Connor. I mean, oh, I'm, I'm trying to be better well, about that kind of thing. I'm trying to be a better human being, a better person. And like, come on. Come on, let let the dark side take over. Come on, just for one day. You don't. Hey, when in the in the depths of summer when there's no hockey, then we'll talk and then probably have something. There you go. All right. Well, very good. Uh, Avs and Anaheim tomorrow. Of course, uh, the Blues Saturday. Hopefully, Connor get a chance to uh, to see each other for a couple of minutes on Saturday when I head over there. But. Uh, uh, yeah. always, always, earlier the better. Earlier the better. Saturday. I will. I will so. try to make that happen. I understand your position. I will text you if we can figure something out. If it works, great. If it doesn't, I totally get it. I totally understand. You got a lot going on. I always appreciate you coming on the program, buddy. And and uh, thanks again. And uh, good luck with the call tomorrow night with Anaheim. Thanks. Pleasure as always. And I'll see you whether before or after on Saturday. Looking forward to it. Sounds good. I like that. Thanks, Connor. Appreciate it. You bet. See you, Jim. All right, Connor McGahey, Radio Voice of the Avalanche. We'll have Saturday's game with the Blues pregame at twelve thirty. Going to head over there for. Uh, the affiliate event that they have every year. They're nice enough at Altitude to, to have us over there. That's 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 a cool little thing. Had the chance to visit with Mark Mosher for years ago when he was still doing the radio side Moj. of things. Yeah, with the Moj. That was very, very good. Uh, let's see. We got. I think we got time to work in very quickly some. We are into four-down territory we'll on quick. the Jim Davis Show on the team. We'll uh, make it quick here. There we go. We got some time here. We can make it happen. All right. All right. Start things out with, I don't know if you caught uh, NBA on TNT last night. I did not. Shaq lost a bet to Candace Parker. And on TNT last night, he paid the bet off by growing baby hair. It was like a little curl thing right right at the top of his forehead. Okay. Uh, it wasn't Obviously, it wasn't real hair. Come on. Hey. And it fell off in the middle of the telecast. It was not a good look. That doesn't sound like a good look at all. Second down is not a good look either. Chicago White Sox pitcher Mike Clevenger under investigation by Major League Baseball following allegations of domestic violence and child abuse. Awful. All right, third and fourth down. Okay, uh, it's a bit of a moot point now that we know he's not getting in the Hall of Fame this year, but there are some numbers about Todd Helton that prove he should be, including this one. If Todd Helton decided, I'm going to come back to baseball today and then proceeded to go 1,100 consecutive plate appearances without getting on base, his career on base percentage would still be higher than Ken Griffey Jr.'s. So there's that. Fourth down, we had the conversation about the greatest pro sports athletes in Colorado. Right. Now that Jared Bednar's got the most wins as an Avalanche head coach, who would you consider the greatest pro sports coach in Colorado sports history? Shanahan? As much as I don't want to diminish what uh, obviously Jerry Bednar's done, it's probably it's probably Mike Shanahan. Probably. Back-to-back Super Bowl wins. All right. Hour three coming up next on the Jim Davis Show on the Team Sports Network.